This week on I Know You Hear Me with Flynn Hendricks. You know, in, in today's day and age, it seems like a lot of people thrive on the negativity, whether it's as you know young adults, adults in general. It seems like it's the we feed off negativity as humans. I don't understand that, but it's kind of like a comfort zone that people don't want to get out of. When you have these interactions with parents that are you know like wanting to better themselves as parents and do better for their children, is it a common thing to see a lot of people that just come in thinking that they're below the threshold and will not come above it? Is that something that you see a lot of? No, I think most parents do want it, helpful advice. Um, but I also have to be cognizant of how what how they stand in this situation. If, if they're very negative about some things, it could have been in terms of how they were raised. Absolutely. Or the situations that they were exposed to. Uh, because in many ways, we do sort of parent like our parents. Yes. Are you a wrestling promoter? Are you looking to bring strong talent to your show? Well, look no further and listen no further because you're listening to the guy right here that you want to bring in. And it doesn't matter if you're running on the West Coast, the East Coast, any part of the United States, or even out of the United States. If you want to bring somebody to your show that has almost two decades worth of experience, television experience, a strong foundation in character development and psychology, then I'm your guy. So I would say go ahead and email me at theflynnhendricks at gmail.com, subject line booking, and let's see what we can work out and what I can bring to your product. And on top of that, too, you're also going to get publicity and advertising on this show that reaches a global audience with an 18 to 44 male demographic. So let's go ahead and get some business worked out. Let's bring me into your show and let's see how I can help you. And I know you hear me. Welcome back, everybody, to another awesome episode of the I Know You Hear Me podcast with me, Flynn Hendricks, and the man behind the curtain, the man behind the soundboard, Just Jeff, here in studio, getting ready to have another awesome interview here tonight. But, um, Jeff, there's been a lot going on in our worlds, but here we are making it happen, so I'm just glad to be here tonight. How about you? Absolutely. I'm always happy to be in studio, uh, getting ready to uh, listen to another awesome guest for the podcast. Absolutely. And this guy, truth be told, like if you follow this show, everybody knows that this year has been a crazy topsy-turvy up and down year for me. We've had to reschedule three times for different conflicting events or things that have gone on in my life. So third or fourth time's the charm. So I'm, I'm glad we're finally getting to do this. But before we do, Jeff, we got to jump into a few little housekeeping things and get those knocked out. And then we get to the fun part. So the first thing, ladies and gents, you hear the sponsors advertising on this show every week. Go check them out, whether it's PWZ Radio, my coaching services, my wife's decal and vinyl and monogram shop on Etsy, decals by Ken's. You can also buy my shirts there and support the podcast and get 10% off with code Flynn. So go check that out. Information's in the show notes. Information's also in the show notes about my coaching services and everything in between and how to get connected with PWZ. And as we're recording this, we've made some changes, but by the time we get to this episode actually airing, you'll already know about those changes. But first, we're now on iHeartRadio. Second, we have added Tales from the Haunt to the feed of the I Know You Hear Me podcast, doing a little restructuring, 
as we mentioned in our announcement, you know, Jeff, like that's probably what a year ago as you're listening <laughs> yeah. to this. Maybe we're super yeah. busy people. But the point of the matter is we're doing some restructuring. We're working with the hands we've been dealt and we are making it work. And we're just excited to be still kicking, still going and getting these podcasts out there on multiple, multiple platforms. And we're so thankful for the people that want to advertise and sponsor on this show as well and help keep us going. So, I mean, that's a pretty big win in my book, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And and you say, uh, you know, going with the hand that we were dealt. To me, it doesn't matter what happens. We're still going to push through, get through everything. And, you know, we were dealt four aces. Pretty much. I would say so. And I mean, I feel like I got dealt that when I got this guy as a partner over here. So, <laughs> boom. Thanks, man. But, um, yeah, seriously, guys, we're just grateful to be here. We're grateful to keep this show coming out. We're grateful that y'all keep tuning in. The numbers keep going up. The audience keeps growing. Things are looking up. But on top of that, too, guys, if you seriously want to get some merch, if you want to keep supporting this show, subscribe on your preferred podcasting platform. I mentioned iHeartRadio. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon. You name it, this podcast is there. Go subscribe. Hit that five-star review button if you think we've earned it. Even leave a written review and share it with your friends. It helps more than you know. Then if you feel inclined to donate monetarily and you want to get a shirt, you want to get a picture, you want to get a shout-out, a voicemail recording, you want me to cut a wrestling promo on you, or you want me to cut a promo on Jeff, just slide into my DMs in the show notes, and we will get that done for you. It's going to help support the show, and then a portion of every sale is going to help the Nashville Humane Society. So that's a pretty big win in my book. But we'll give a little bit of a an extra cherry on top, if you will, Jeff, because... If these people happen to get something from us, like a shirt or a picture, or they get a shout-out and they want to tag us on social media, um, what will we do in return for them? Uh-oh. This is one that I've been excited to have a conversation with because we've tried at least three times this year. As you follow me on social media, you follow the podcast, you know that it's been a topsy-turvy up and down year, but we're finally making it happen. And I'm so grateful that this guy has wanted to stay on and been so flexible with scheduling. So without further ado, let's give him the introduction that he deserves. This guy has... He's been guiding the physical, behavioral, and mental care of children for over 40 years. And his parental awareness threshold is a simple framework to actively parent with self-awareness, empathy, and compassion. It's really a pleasure to be here, and you can call me Bob. All right, I'll call you Bob, and if you want to call me, uh, just call me Flynn for the night. We'll go from that, because I live in a world of people that have my name, so nobody goes by Flynn. I'll stick with that. Okay. All right, man. So like I said, this is something that I am insanely interested in, because I, you know, I didn't grow up in the best parental setting. My mom did everything she could to make sure we were raised right. My dad didn't want to be in the picture, and that's something that, as a 33-year-old man now, I still struggle with.
Well, uh, you know, it's hard to look at all the uh, precipitating factors, but I, like you, had a uh, somewhat difficult childhood. My parents divorced when I was nine. My father was not, my father was an alcoholic, so there were a variety of issues there. Um, I got into medical school and uh, then decided to be a pediatrician and finished finished my pediatric training and also decided I wanted to be a medical geneticist. So I did both. So I started that in 1979 and I was determined to be the best darn doctor you could be. I was going to be absolutely engaged in every way I could. But I must have made about 14 years into the process in the early 90s. I think I wasn't, I felt like I wasn't paying back to the community like I should. And it's fortuitous at the same time I heard a talk from somebody who was talking about healthcare systems and he was recommending that healthcare systems pay back to their community. But he emphasized 12 words that we will we'll come back to throughout our time here tonight. Absolutely. I am the problem. I am the solution. I am the resource. So what he was talking about for anything that happens in your community, you need to internalize that problem. It's not their problem. It's not their teenage pregnancy problem. It's their, their gun violence problem. It's got to be yours, and you need to be part of the solution. And to do that, you need to devote your resources to it. I love that. Though I must admit I had heard those 12 words. It took me a while to internalize that message. Okay, what do I do? How do I how do, I do mm-hmm. that? And I finally went to some of the folks in the community. I said, you know, put me in, coach. I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to do good work. And I got involved and maybe even smugly so. I was a good, you know, I was a good citizen. I was doing good. My second major precipitating factor was April 20th, 1999. Two high school students walk into a into a high school in Littleton, Colorado, massacre 13 people and kill themselves. And you and I know that as Columbine. And I remember I was I was in elementary school at that time, but that image the, the news story, everything is still like such a vivid picture. And it's something that's still referenced now over, you know, almost 25 years later. Oh, so. absolutely. And it, and it had such an impression on me. I wasn't sure why. I mean, things like that had happened before. And unfortunately, things have continued. But I asked myself, could that happen in my community? And the answer was yes. Mm-hmm. I asked myself, what have I done to make a difference? And the answer was not enough. So I, I was I was moved to write an article for the local newspaper the first time in my life, and I wrote, put pencil to paper. Back then we used to do that, right? Um, and I lost and art I, these days. Um, and I wrote what I considered to be the five steps to community improvement, and those five steps to community improvement are sort of the precursor for my ongoing work in terms of what I now call conscious parenting. So let me go over those five steps with you. Please do. Number one, learn to be the best parent you could be. And I chose those words carefully. Parenting is constant learning. You never have this, that you never have this fixed. And if you do, you're fooling yourselves. Absolutely. Um, number and, and be the best parent you could be. Not everyone has the same set of circumstances. Not everyone has the same socioeconomic circumstances. Not every some people might be in single parent households. Absolutely some people true. might have a lot of health issues. Some people might have a lot of uh, mental health issues. There's a variety of things that can impede our ability Absolutely. to parent. So I, it's important that we be the best parent they could be. 
And related to that, when people would come to me early in my career and ask me, you know, what do I do here, doc? Well, it was easy. You know, I had trained, I'd read books. I knew what to do. I was smart doctor. Um, I, you know, it took me 40 years to realize that it, it isn't that simple. <laughs> that my job is not to tell them what to do. My job is to gently, in a trusting relationship, gently peer behind the curtain, try to help them analyze the situation, and to help enable them and empower them Absolutely. to be the best parent they could be. And that's that's work on both sides. For sure, for sure. And that's, that's, that's something that's very, that, that jumps out to me because a lot of what you just said right there is stuff that, in one way, shape, or form, whether as a parent in the corporate work world, you know, it, it's always you—you you might do good, but there's always a way that you can improve, and you have to take ownership of that as well. But when we're in a society where people are so headstrong and so stubborn, especially these days, where anybody can chime in with social media, anybody can have an opinion, whether it's you know backed in facts or just what they know in their heart of hearts. Like, how do you? deal with that these days with people that may be a little bit more stubborn and not as willing to, to uh, let their walls down to improve themselves. Well, I think it's, I think uh, my, again, my job as a pediatrician is, is to help them show, show them both sides of the equation. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they might think they have all the information and whatever the result is, is fine. Um, the, uh, I might need to show them that there is an alternative way to, to doing this um, and to try to help them uh, understand the ramifications for their child uh, and the ramifications for themselves as, as they go through this. And we'll get to that also when I talk about conscious parenting, because that's Perfect. that's sort of the whole point of conscious parenting. Absolutely. So step, step number one in terms of improving your community, learn to be the best parent you could be. And there are a lot of facets to that. Mm -hmm. Step number two, get involved. It's very important that parents get involved in their communities in some way, shape, or form. And I don't necessarily dictate what that is. I mean, it can be going to the soup kitchen. It can be mowing the lawn at the church. It can be, you know, it, there's so many different ways. Getting involved in scouts. There's so many different things. Or childhood or sports. There's so many different things, but it's very important to get involved and for the children to see that example. Absolutely. Number three is related, but I think very different. Stay involved. It's hard to stay involved sometimes. Mm -hmm. the, the involvement might change. I mean, you might say, well, scouting is done. We're not going to do that anymore. But you need to stay involved uh, on a regular basis. So again, so the child sees, the children see what it means to stay involved in their community. Sure. Number four, number four, maybe is the most intuitive, but very difficult in today's society, love for others. Um, we, in it, we live in this very divisive society where we just yell past each other. Yep. We don't, we don't listen. Uh, and so it's very difficult. And, you know, the whole aspect of uh, loving thy neighbor uh, is, is lost in so, many, in so many different ways this time. But number five, and I think is maybe the most difficult, is forgiveness. The, the ability to exercise forgiveness and accept forgiveness is so important. There's a great little book, if you haven't read it, by Mitch Album called Tuesdays with Maury. Yes. 
Oh, it's been a while, but yes, that was a great. Uh, and and I simplify one of the messages in there, but one of the one of the things that Maury told Mitch is, you need to forgive yourself first, for for the thoughts or issues that you're harboring inside yourself, then forgive others and do it now. Now, that's simple sometimes. It's not so simple at other times. And we think of some of the horrific things that people have been exposed to in their lives. I mean, I think of the uh, of the church shooting in Charleston, South Carolina, where those people, the, the parishioners there uh, that lost their loved ones very shortly uh, extended grace and forgiveness. Yes, yes, they to the, did. To the, to the murderer. Um, and, you know, a lot of us still would struggle with that. Uh, I yeah. still struggle with forgiveness for my father. Uh, but that's part of the humanity of this whole process. So, Learn to be the best parent you could be, get involved, stay involved, love for others and forgiveness. What that does to me, those I called those the five steps to community improvement, but in many ways, those are five steps to more effective parenting. Um, and I think the, the goal of parenting is to raise your children to be good citizens. Absolutely. Uh, because that's what we, I think we've lost track of, you know, citizens take care of each other. Citizens care about each other. Citizens can empathize with each other. And so that led to my first book, uh, my children's children raising young citizens in the age of Columbine. Um, so that was it. That, that book was published in 2013. And I was, and obviously that was very, a good exercise for me in terms of trying to understand what was going on. Absolutely. It's, it's interesting. At the same time, I switched jobs late in my career. Uh, I took a leadership position at a, a children's hospital nearby and they made me take a leadership course. And I rolled my eyes and said, Oh no, do I have to take another leadership course? You know, I've been doing this for my whole life in right. medicine, but like so many things, I learned something. And if, as a lifelong learner, I really found out uh, something. They, they talked about conscious leadership. And when they talked about conscious leadership, they talk about a line. And when you're above the line, you're open, you're receptive, you're ready to learn. When you're below the line, you're closed, you're defensive, you're always right. Absolutely. And, and the point is, we will all be above and below the line. Mm -hmm. the, to try to just make yourself consciously aware of where you are for example we've all been in that three o'clock meeting yep. either virtually or in person where we're just silently saying to ourselves when is this thing going to be over this could have been an so, email or whatever it may be i'm i'm so not into this if you're consciously aware that you're below the line you can say okay i'm going to stay below the line just wait till this finishes or you can say you know, I'm below the line. What can I do, you know, to be more engaged? How can I more listen more intently? How can Absolutely. I be engaged in the conversation more? Well, to me, that line is what parenting was about. I, I came up with the parental awareness threshold. And when you're above the parental awareness threshold, you're open, you're receptive, you're engaged, you're listening intently, you're ready to really engage with your child. When you're below that threshold, you're closed, you're defensive, you're always right, because I said so, because I'm the parent. Um, and 
So the point is, if you're really trying to be consciously aware of where you are in this interaction and where your child is developmentally, you're now engaged in what I call conscious parenting. And so for, any, so for any issue that comes up, and again, this is, uh, this is not easy. I know that. Right, right. If it wasn't, everybody would do it. I'm a parent. I'm a pediatrician. I've been, been the hills and valleys of all these things. Absolutely. Um, but the point is, either in the moment or later, whenever you're confronted with sort of a behavioral issue, how do you pause, assess, and choose your responses. Uh, the pause is just say, okay, I'm not going to knee jerk here. Yep. Yep. The assess part. The, the assess is, okay, what's the situation here? Right. What am I contributing or not contributing? And what is my child doing? And where is my child developmentally in this process? And then choose is the response. Now, you might not choose the right response in the moment. And so if not, if you don't, then the whole point is to try to do it later in retrospect. Absolutely. And, and I'll give you sort of two examples. One personal, my son was about seven or eight. Uh, and one night he said something that really made me angry because I th thought it was very wrong. And I yelled at him and he just turned into a puddle. I mean, he was just, uh, and, and then my wife got mad at me for yelling. Uh, and then we went into that family meltdown mode where everyone just walks past each other for a couple hours right. and, and nobody talks. I'm sure that never happened for you. Oh, uh, definitely <laughs> not. Definitely not. Yeah, been but, there, done that. And so, and I realized that my, I had just been so inappropriate. So later that night when it was time to put my son to bed, I laid down with him. I said, son, I'm so sorry about what happened tonight. You know, you were you said something that I think was wrong, but my response was totally inappropriate. I want to ask for your forgiveness and I want to just let you know that I was wrong. And he said, dad, would you be quiet? And I said, why? He said, I hate it when you're nice. Uh, <laughs> Not the so answer I, I was expecting. So I, I don't say that to pat myself on the back, but I say that to say, you know, forgiveness went a long way absolutely in terms of that whole issue absolutely. the other the, the other example i have in my book the mother picks up her say six-year-old child from school mm -hmm. and the six-year-old says mom i am so thirsty can we go by and get a drink soft drink you know at the at a drive-thru so mom goes through the drive-thru and gets a big drink uh hands it to the back seat and says don't spill this you know two blocks later mom, uh, the drink drinks all over the back seat. You know, your instant reaction might be, I told you so, you yep, shouldn't have spilled this. To do it. Why did you do that? Why did, why did you do this? Well, if the pause, assess, and choose might make you think differently. Uh, you know, it could be that fast turn you took uh, a couple of blocks before that hit the book, that tipped the book bag into the drink. Absolutely. Number two is, is it really wise to get a big soda for a child, a six-year-old in the back seat of a car. Um, and so there's some things that you really need to pause, assess, and choose. So as you pull over to 
try to, and you get out to try to mop up the mess, hopefully you're sort of trying to go through some of this stuff. Now, the first time or two, you won't do that. You'll just, right. uh, but hopefully you'll start to learn some of the messages Absolutely. because the conscious parenting is sort of knowing where you are and that's going to change moment to moment. You're going to respond to a same situation on a Monday morning differently than you will on Thursday morning uh -huh. because of, of circumstances. Maybe you have, you're late for work. You, you know, your child's dragging their feet in terms of getting ready for school, variety of things. But you also have, it's imperative that you understand where your child is developmentally. Absolutely. Um, and social, social, emotionally, uh, because you just, you know, you, you might read a book and say, boy, at age 10, they should be able to do this. Well, as, as I was in a meeting yesterday and somebody was saying, well, you know, kids do this. And I said, you've seen one child you've seen one child, uh, everyone's different and you need to make sure you tailor your responses. Sure. One other thing before I'll shut up is, oh, you're good. um, is that people say, well, this is coddling the children. Uh, I totally disagree. This is providing a loving, nurturing relationship that children can thrive in. I, I mean, cer certainly you have to set boundaries, boundaries. Yes. And if they engage in certain behaviors, then you have to come up with reasonable, non-physical uh, discipline to help them understand. I agree 100%. Because, because the word discipline, the root word is disciple, which means to teach. So any behavioral issue that you're dealing with should be a teaching experience. It should never be a punishing experience. Absolutely, absolutely. And then just I, I want to circle back to a few things um, that, that you said in there, especially, you know, like with the threshold where you can be on top of it one moment, below it the next. And you know, in, in today's day and age, it seems like a lot of people thrive on the negativity, whether it's as, you know, young adults, adults in general. It seems like it's the we feed off negativity as humans. I don't understand that, but it's kind of like a comfort zone that people don't want to get out of when you have these interactions with parents that are, you know, like wanting to better themselves as parents and do better for their children. Is it a common thing to see a lot of people that just come in thinking that they're below the threshold and will not come above it? Is that something that you see a lot of? No, I think most parents do want it, helpful advice. Um, but I also have to be cognizant of how, what, how they stand in this situation. If, if they're very negative about some things, it could have been in terms of how they were raised. Absolutely. Or the situations that, that they were exposed to. Uh, because in many ways, we do sort of parent like our parents. Yes. Uh, and sometimes we need to be reprogrammed out, out of that. Um, and so, but it's difficult. And so I think my job as a pediatrician has always been to try to show a positive way forward. Uh, if they're just sitting in front of the child in the in my exam room and berating the child for their behavior. My job is to try to change the focus so we can look at the positive things and how we can, we're not talking, you know, we, you can talk about good things and problems. I like to think about good things and things you can improve. I uh, love that outlook. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a, it's a, you and I would know it as a problem, but I want the, the child to think it's something that can be improved. 
Absolutely. And, and it's always so important that, you know, you might, and I hate the word hate, uh, so it's one word I don't use, but you might severely dislike their behavior. Yeah. But you should never severely dislike the child. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, that kind of leads me to something else, too, because I, I always heard as we were getting ready to have our kid, our first son, you know, almost eight years ago at this point now, but, you know, it's like you you'll learn as you go you'll learn as you go uh your instincts will kick in and you'll you'll make the right decisions and a lot of people will say that you know parenting is an innate ability like do parents what do parents need to do to develop or improve their parenting skills because a lot of people uh you know myself included get frustrated because we don't know what to do and then it comes out because a child can't communicate when all they can do is cry. That's their communication. We don't know how to make things better. And that could come out as negative towards the child. How can parents, you know, improve the parenting skills in this regard? Well, you always want to be learning. So you always want to be reaching out to trusted professionals. Um, and there certainly are books by trusted professionals. But sometimes book learning and the actual application are two different, are two different things. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of or seen the musical Dear Evan Hansen. I've heard of it. I haven't got to see it, but I've, I've heard a well, lot about it. The, the opening number is these two mothers with teenagers that are just lamenting how nothing is going right. Mm -hmm. um, and my point is there's nothing innate to parenting. Um, and there's a couple there's a couple stanzas that are in that number that I think are great. They, one mother says, does anybody have a map? Anybody maybe happen to know how the hell to do this? I don't know if you can tell, but this is me just pretending to know. So where's the map? I need a clue because I'm flying blind and I'm making this up as I go. Right. So there, there is a lot of that, but then there's, there's help out there. There's trusted, there's trusted professionals lean on your family. If you can trust them, Absolutely. you know, uh, and so you have, you have to be, you have to be careful, but the, the point is understanding where your child is developmentally. Um, and so you cannot expect, I mean, we talk about forgiveness. Uh, you know, the four-year-old whacks the two-year-old and you tell the four-year-old, tell your brother, I'm sorry. And the four-year-old says, I'm sorry. Um, you know, that's different than the I'm sorry that you would expect out of your 14-year-old. Absolutely. Or your 24-year-old or your 44-year-old. Oh, yeah. 44 44 um, so, you know, you have to know where your child is and what are reasonable expectations uh, going forward. And, you know, as you were talking about the, the child that can't communicate in, in the book, I, t I have a little section on from zero to one, you know, how do you deal with a colicky child? I mean, there's lots of different uh, ways to deal with that. And parents can sometimes feel like they're going crazy with the baby that's crying all the time and they can't, they can't settle them down. And they don't tire out either. Yeah. And that's um, going. That's spot on. And, and going back to something you said too, especially about the parents of teenagers, and you know, like asking for a map and just flying blind. With with your experience and your tenure in this field, are there any like signposts or maps that you've discovered along the way that kind of help parents realize where they're at in this progression and where their kids are in the in the journey as well? Is there anything like that that you could share? Well, and you know, each each parent is different is different also, in terms of their their situation and some of it. Um, so it's you know, and it gets more difficult for for teenage parents because in my situation, 
when I'm examining a teenager, oftentimes I ask the parent to leave the room uh, because I want, to, want the teenager to know what they're going to share is confidential Absolutely. with the doctor. But there certainly are some things that can be shared ahead of time. And I like to share that the share with the child that the parent does love you. Uh, they might say, say and do things that seem contrary to that. Uh, but as best I can tell from the parent interactions, uh, that the parent does love you. And it's important for the parent to, you know, set reasonable limits. Uh, and, but also let the child know that, you know, your, your love is unconditional. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then just out of curiosity, too, because this is something that I, I've grown up around. I've seen it happen with other people as well. When a parent has for so long been considered a friend by the child and then tries to, you know, start laying those ground rules and those boundaries and add structure that hasn't been there. Have you noticed, like, is there anything that you have noticed in working with these children and these parents that helps ease that situation along because it's a complete, you know, 180 from what they're used to. I, I dealt with it with my mom and my sister and I was kind of on the outside looking in, but when something like that happens, what is the best method for a parent to find that middle ground, uh, you know, obviously coming from a place of love for the child and kind of resetting, you know, resetting the boundaries? How, how does something like that work? Well, some of that comes with the responsibility of being a teenager. Mm -hmm. I mean, teenagers, one of the, what's one of the major milestones or hallmarks of being a teenager getting is, a car. Getting a, is, is getting a driver's license, Absolutely. getting a car. So if you're going to, you're going to get a car, there's certain rules that, that you have to adhere to um, because you are now behind one of the most deadly weapons uh, in our society, Oh yeah, the, the car. Um, and so if you're going to, if you're going to get the car and I'm going to give you the keys to the car, I'm always going to know where you are. I'm always going to know who's, you know, that there are certain rules of who can be in the car, how many can be in the car uh -huh. when you're going to be home. And all of those things, the same sort of thing, I think, holds with then um, the sex talk. Yeah. Um, you, you, I mean, so they're, they're sort of to me, there's sort of the three big talks and there's probably more. There's the car talk that but these are never isolated talks. They're ongoing. Right. Uh, absolutely. The, it's not the, a one done. But the, the sex talk, education, um, contraception, probably, you know, of the whole issue in terms of diseases and a variety of things and pregnancy. The third one is social media, uh, because social media is such a pervasive in many ways, negative force. Uh, so I think it's reasonable for parents to set boundaries uh, in terms of social media interactions. I agree. I agree. And man, this has been such a fascinating chat with you here tonight. And, you know, for any of our listeners out there that are interested in this or maybe going through some of this like I am right now and, you know, finding ways to be a more conscious parent, I'm going to have links to everything that Rob has going on in the show notes. I'm going to have links to the book. So I'm going to make it easy for everybody to get, you know, get connected, get their hands on the material and start making those improvements and just, you know, making it easy for everybody and helping those kids grow up in a loving environment where they feel appreciated, too. So. This is this has been absolutely fascinating, and it's actually kind of opened my eyes up to some things, like I said, that I've grown up around and helped me kind of figure out more about what I hold on to from the issues with my dad, as we mentioned earlier. So, thank you again, you know, for your time on here tonight. Oh, thank you. Of course, of course, and 
wouldn't be wouldn't be a complete show if we didn't do a little 180 here and let you throw some questions my way, sir. So I'm uh, I'm looking forward to this for what you've got to throw my way. So let's have some fun. What would you? What primary thing would you um, think to do as a takeaway from our talk? The biggest thing for me is I'm very guilty of having a quick reaction when you know when my eight year old uh, or as we're as we're recording this seven year old as this probably comes out he'll be eight but you know when he does something or he gets an attitude to just not have that snap reaction of going from calm to just being irritable and kind of getting sucked into that and giving him the power. I think it's just stop, assess, and be calm about the situation because then it shows, again, that I'm coming from a place of love and compassion and just not being so quick to get sucked into the negativity and the, and the short temper more than anything else. So what would you do if you did, you know, tomorrow you found yourself, despite what you just said tonight, you found yourself flying off the handle. How would you follow up with that? Um, I've, I'm going to speak from experience because it has happened before. And before he's gone to bed at night, I have you know gone and sat in his bed. I can't lay in his bed with him because that thing likes to fall apart if Dad gets in it. So we don't we won't go there. But in all seriousness, though, I I do have that talk with him, and I try to explain that I was wrong for how I reacted my feelings on the situation, and I always try to end it with a hug and remind him that I love him no matter what and that I'm always going to be there for him and just try not to end the day on a negative note if I can help it. Or if he's already asleep, I'll go in there, you know, I'll I'll give him a kiss goodnight and I'll just sit there for a minute and just hope, you know, I'll whisper that I love him and then just hug him when I see him the next morning when he wakes up. Love it. Love it. Thank you. Is do you think this information in terms of parenting is generalizable to most every interaction we have with other people? I definitely do. And I think the, the key word that you mentioned here tonight, um, and it may be something that a lot of people passed over at first, but it's empathy because, um, you know, you mentioned uh, before too, about like listening in these conversations. Uh, I have a background in communications and a lot of what I see now, and you hear it a lot too, is people just listen to react. They don't listen to understand. They don't listen to find the root of the problem. They just want to throw their two cents. And like in an argument, I, I'm guilty of this too, who's going to make the most valid point? But if you can understand where that person's coming from, or if you've been there and can show empathy for it, I think that's what helps the most. And it just, if you're aware of where you are, whether it's below or above that threshold, I think that's more aware of it too, because like the meeting situation. I've been guilty of that more times than I can say because I don't want to be up that early or I don't want to be, you know, at work that late in the day. But instead of, you know, maybe putting myself above the threshold, I'm content just sitting there wallowing in the negativity thinking this could have been emailed instead of trying to figure out what I could take from it and how I could come out better on the other side from it. So I think that is the biggest thing because if we apply not only to being better parents, we could be better husbands, fathers, friends, you name it, and just spread that throughout the world. And I think it solves a lot more problems than we really give it credit for. And better citizens. Absolutely. And I would contend that one of the things, when my parents divorced, my mother always said, Bob, I just want you to be happy. Yes. Fortunately for me, I didn't follow her words. I followed her deeds. Because I contend that 
the goal of parenting is to raise your children to be good citizens. Yes. And happiness is a blissful secondary side effect. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can agree, and I get behind that 110%. Fantastic. Man, I love those questions. And again, that that put me on the spot. We did not know this. I did not know what these questions were going to be ahead of time. So... Again, that's why I love doing this segment, and that's why I love getting to talk to such fascinating people and get to learn more and come out better on the other side for it, too. So, Rob, thank you so much for giving me that opportunity here tonight. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Of course. And again, thank you so much for being so flexible throughout the ups and downs and the roller coaster ride that's been this year. But I'm glad that we finally got to make this happen because, like I said, I'm going to come out better on the other side for it, and I learned... It just this was the tip of the iceberg, but I still learned so much from it. So now I've got to get my hands on the books and you know start putting start putting action to everything. So I'm I'm really looking forward to this. Good. I need the sales. Good. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'll make sure that our <laughs> listeners have easy access to it too. So we'll take care of you. All right, Rob. Well, thank you so much for being here tonight, man. And I can't wait to hopefully chat with you again here in the future. Look forward to it. Thank you, sir. Have a good night. Thank you. Thank you. Man, what an awesome episode that was. And, uh, you know, I'm going to take over here for a minute while uh, while Flynn's over here ordering some of uh, Robert's books, you know. Uh, of course, he's a bookworm. He likes to read so much. But I, I, I've learned so much from that episode myself. Um, just, just the fact that, you know, I am a father myself. Uh, the biggest thing that I took away from that myself was that... Uh, uh, don't be so quick to anger. Uh, take, you know, take that five seconds to assess the situation before you actually react on it. And sometimes that extra five seconds can, uh, uh, make the outcome a lot better for you and your child. Both. Very, very well said, Jeff. I'm back. Books ordered all, all good to go here. But I mean, you actually hit the nail right on the head because that's something they taught me in you know a lot of these OSHA trainings that I've done, my first responder training, is stop and assess before you act. Because in that situation, you're trying to save somebody's life, but you could also put yourself in danger and make the situation worse. Whereas family, friends, husband, wife, kids, parents, whatever it may be, if you just take that five seconds, which is not always the easiest thing to do. It's always easier said than done. And just stop and assess the situation, take a deep breath, and center yourself. Again, I know, easier said than done. It would save a lot of headache and hassle. And I, I, I can't thank Rob enough for wanting to come on here and talk about that. And again, just being so generous and flexible throughout this year, because as we're recording this in 2022... Everybody knows about the roller coaster year that's been for us, and we made it happen by hook or crook. We got this interview in, and like Jeff said, we're gonna come out better on the other side because it's gonna help us with our parent with our with our parenting. I'm getting a little emotional here, but it, it's 100% true because our kids are very similar in age. They know how to push buttons. They know how to oh, push yeah. you right to that brink. And then pull you right back in and make you love them like nothing ever happened, man. And this is going to make us better parents. And I think, as Rob said, make us better citizens all around. So if you guys want to get on that journey with us, by all means, check the show notes. 
get Robert's books and get connected with him too because there's a lot of information you'll learn. Like I said in the interview, this was just the tip of the iceberg and there's a lot more out there that we can talk about and learn at the same time. Yep. So not only that, guys, get connected with us. Keep spreading the word out there. Be a good citizen in that regard too because this may help somebody that's going through something and they don't know how to communicate about it. They don't know how to reach out because they're still struggling with it. This may give them the confidence to take action and just do what they need to do and feel confident in the decision they make. So if that does it, we've done our job here too, and we want to keep bringing you these episodes. And, you know, if you're in a funk, we want to pull you out of it, or we just want to give you a nice little escape once or twice a week. So help us help you, and let's just keep making the world a better place and have some fun while we're doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it it always amazes me that we go into these interviews not knowing these people from other than what we've discussed mm-hmm. with them on social media or by text message or by phone or even some of them just by reading their bio on yeah. their, on their uh, website first. And we don't know what's going into it. And it, that kind of makes us a little nervous about not knowing what For to sure. expect. And then at the end of the episode, we're like, you know, this person makes a lot of sense because we don't have that perspective that they've gotten having that third party's perspective yeah. just makes everything Absolutely. click, I guess you would say. And you, you come away feeling like you made a new friend or you've had a long lost friend the yeah. entire time and you're just reconnecting. So yeah. that's, that, again, that's one of the main reasons I love doing this show. And I'm glad that you're on board here too, because you've introduced me to a lot of great people to interview. So I mean, this is, this has been an absolute like cathartic learning experience for me and getting me out of my comfort zone. So I'm grateful that you guys keep tuning in every week. I'm grateful the numbers keep going up, the audience keeps growing, and the platforms we're on have expanded too. So I'm just grateful for every opportunity we have to bring you guys some audio content once or twice a week and that you guys keep tuning in. So from the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much for that. And on top of that too, thank you for the continued support of our sponsors. Without them, without you, we wouldn't be able to keep doing this every week, and I'm so glad that we get to. But I think we've rambled enough for today. I think we've bared our emotions, spilled our guts enough. And I think it's time that we take it to the house until next week. Jeff, what do you say? Yeah, I I think we've worked enough today. I think so. But in the meantime, guys, if you already know where I'm going, you can actually you know what you can't tune out. Just, Just be a good citizen and listen still. But subscribe, share, leave that five-star review, get connected on social media, check out the merch, check out our sponsors. All information is in the show notes. Do some good in the world, do some good for yourself, and just be a better person and spread the positivity that you want to see in the world. And we'll be back with you next week with another awesome interview at the same Flynn time and the same Flynn place. Jeff's over here laughing, but he knows it's true. So for myself, for Jeff, For Rob, we thank you all so much for tuning in this week, and we can't wait to do it again next week. And I know you hear me. Stay spooky. The I Know You Hear Me podcast is a presentation of Flynn Hendricks Enterprises. We thank you for tuning in this week, and we hope you'll check out our sponsors and advertisers. Make sure you check us out next week as we come back at the same time with another awesome episode.